What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will talk about what's been going on in the NBA Finals as well as some hometown headlines from the NFL. All this and more on episode 249 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 249 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be back in it. NBA Finals time. Yes. Good time of year. We uh we got the Stanley Cup playoffs, the last 20 seconds of a game uh, going right now. Mariner, Mariners are on fire. Dodgers got a win today. Yeah, it was an ugly win. Mariners, man, they can't figure out if they want to be good or bad. Oh, we got a big brawl oh, here. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. See, yeah. this is what happens when we got a TV on in the studio. We no, got this is dope. This fight is especially dope because the game's over. So this is all just frustration, which I dig. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Lightning just took a 3-2 series lead over the New York Rangers. What's 23 doing? Get in the mix. <laughs> oh, man, this is this is. Br- oh, oh, they're throwing yeah. haymakers. This is dope, dude. What's this ref going to do? You ain't going to do shit. Is that, is that Stamkos? Is that Steve Stamkos? That guy's the man. Anyway, the Lightning beat the Rangers 3-1 uh, to one to take a 3-2 to two series lead. Uh if the Lightning win the next game, they'll they'll be going for a three-peat uh, as far as Stanley Cups go. Uh, but there's there's a lot. Yeah, that was Steven Stamkos. All right. Look at the captain getting in the mix. Oh, we got some blood. Not from Stamkos, the other, from the guy on the Rangers. I like, I like that there's just going to be no suspensions, no. Oh, they're all getting stick taps, everything. They're... No, nothing. That's the one part I like about hockey, man. They That's the only part I like about hockey. They get, they get about, they, they're about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, we got the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. We got uh, June baseball going on, the NBA finals, um, NFL offseason, uh, OTAs and everything going on. It's, it's a good time in sports. It is. There's a lot going on. And then uh, in about... Two, three weeks, we're about to hit the dog days of summer, and there's about to be nothing yep. except baseball for a while. Got the, we got the NBA draft coming up. Yes. Um, I just saw, actually, the Lakers. They're going to work out Sharif O'Neal for uh, a draft workout. The Lakers don't actually have a draft pick right now in the in the draft, but Rob Palenka confirmed at Darvin Ham's uh, opening introductory press conference that the Lakers were looking to buy into the second round. Because uh, there's been uh, a lot of reports that they've been working out guys over the last uh, week or so 
uh, like second round talent guys. So those are, we'll, we'll those see what good, they can do. Those are good. Those are good players. I mean, you can get good talent in second round. Uh, the Lakers uh, have done very well in the second round lately. And, and I mean, I think the NBA in general has done done better, especially with like the G League. You know, you get a couple prospects that you like, you can work on them. You don't have to like shove them into the rotation immediately. And the Lakers, you know, they need some they need some young players uh, just to fill out the roster, you know. And these guys, these guys' jobs are going to be easy. I mean, <laughs> as, as far as like being a young player that's maybe a second round or undrafted talent guy, you can really milk the talent when you put them on the court with you know with people like LeBron and Ann Davis. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen what guys like Alex Caruso and Austin Reeves have been able to do in their short careers so far. Um, but aside from just accumulating young talent for the development and and all of that aspect of it they need guys that aren't going to make a lot of money next year no no they need guys <laughs> they need bodies it's that's it's, it's plain and simple yeah so all right we uh we got a lot to talk about to catch up on with the the first three games of the nba finals tyler so let's get right to it come on you're getting paid ask something Three seconds at final seconds Bryant for the win did i miss anything while i was gone Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. Right now, my worst nightmare is coming to fruition so far right in front of our very eyes. The Boston Celtics, they lead the NBA Finals two games to one over the Golden State Warriors. Each game has been won by double digits uh, for either team so far. The Celtics, they were able to steal game one on the road, 120 to 108. Steph Curry went six for eight from three in the first quarter, but the Warriors lost the fourth quarter 40 to 16. Steph Curry was two of six in the fourth quarter of that game from the field. Al Horford and Jalen Brown led the way for the Boston Celtics. And I think the biggest thing for me to take away from game one uh, before game two was the fact that Boston was able to steal game one on the road and Jason Tatum played so poorly in that game. He was essentially a non-factor, uh, but thanks to Jalen Brown and Al Horford having a, a crazy game, he he shot six for eight from three in, in game one. It wasn't all in one quarter, but I mean, when Al Horford shoots six for eight from three, that's no. that's quite the surprise and you you don't normally expect that out of him, but that definitely made up for Jason Tatum's lack of production in game one. Uh, then in game two, the Warriors, they bounced back big time. They won that game 107 to 88. We actually watched that game together yep. uh, on Sunday, Tyler, uh, at your place. Tatum had a bounce back game for Boston, uh, but he was really the only guy making an impact for Boston in that game. Uh, you had guys like Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams III all put up two points each in that game. So you got to combine six points from three starters uh, against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, and that's never a recipe for success. No. Um, Jordan Poole uh, helped lead the Warriors to a big uh, third quarter 
uh, to really pull away from the Celtics. Steph Curry had a big game with 29 points. Uh, Clay Thompson had arguably one of the, his worst games I think I've ever seen him play a, on that big of a stage, I think at least. Uh, he was 4 of 19 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3 uh, with only 11 points. Um, the story from that game really was Steph Curry and Jordan Poole for the Warriors. Um, Boston, they were able to win game three at home in front of a raucous, raucous Boston crowd. Uh, they won that game 116 to 100. It was all Boston except for the third quarter once again, where the Warriors they surprise, were able to pull. Surprise. Yeah, they were able to pull some of their magic coming out of the the halftime locker room. Um, really, it was. I mean, the last nine minutes of the third quarter where the, where the Warriors went on a run, they were able to get a lead for a little bit, but Boston was able to swing the momentum back into their favor, uh, and the Warriors ended up waving the white flag with like less than three minutes to go in the game, uh, pulling all of their starters and bringing in the bench unit. But I talked about a minute ago how Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams III combined for six points in game two. Well, in contrast to game two, turning to game three, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown combined for 77 points. And that is exactly what the Warriors need from those three guys to beat the Warriors on this stage. So uh, I just, in game three, another thing that, that stood out was Boston's physicality. So... I just, Tyler, I wanted to get your thoughts after recapping all of the games. What's some of the things that have stuck out for you in the first three games and where this series is at? Uh, well, I think game one was by far the most impactful game of the series so far. Um, just swinging back the home court advantage towards Boston. And then I think the biggest takeaway from the whole series out of game one was it just gave them all the belief that they needed. I mean, now they know that they can beat the Warriors. Especially to get that confidence and, and win in game one. And, like, with all the, you know, you made all the points that you said, you know, in Golden State, Tatum not playing well. They weren't in control of the game the whole game. They took it, you know. Um, so that that game one was big time. I mean, that was that was huge. That, that could have possibly won them the championship. I mean, it, 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 it just might have. Changed. It changed the dynamic of the entire series. Um, Golden State kind of did what I expect them to do and bounced back strong uh, after after that kind of loss, especially at home. You just expect a team like Golden State to be prepared, and but it it was like it went from that first quarter of the first game being like fuck the Warriors are gonna roll, yeah. To, to now it's like they need they need to they need to buckle up because Boston believes uh, they're younger, they're hungrier. They're 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 physical. The physical thing, though, I think is is okay. Golden State's not gonna. I don't think Golden State's gonna have an issue with physicality. They're a they're a veteran team. They know you know they know what it is. So I think that's something they're missing though is their physicality. I think in especially well, in game I, I three, guess it's more of their mindset. They've got a physical mindset. You know, as far as just like they've been to the finals before. They've been up in series, down in series. Um, they fought. You know they've got they've got good leaders like Draymond and Clay, who are or who are more physical guys. Um, so 
I don't necessarily think that you know the physicality of Boston is going to like win them the series. I think it's more they're just hungry right now. It's helping them for sure, it's, though. It's helping them, but they're just they're fucking hungry. You know, they they want to win. They haven't they haven't done this before. No, they went to uh, we said it what four of the last six Eastern Conference Finals. They've basically been on the cusp of yep. of getting to the mountaintop, and now this is the closest they've ever been. No, you're seeing a dynasty form as far as oh, don't like, don't say that. Hey, I'm just saying if they win, you could. This is what we could be seeing. It's uh, their. I mean, it would be their first championship. Don't. But we're that, not talking dynasty. That's why I said forming. That's why I said forming. I'm not saying it's here. I'm just saying they're all the 24, 25, 26. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, but so, look at look at the difference of well, how they were well with built. Horford and without Horford. I'm not saying they're gonna rattle off a bunch of championships. Um, and and yeah, Al Horford was was a big one for them. Uh, but you can get good players. You know, I'm just talking more about their core. No, I know where they're going. They're hungry bunch. I don't necessarily like this team, but. Uh, they're, you know, I'm not a big Tatum guy. I know Tatum's super nice, but the Celtics are the second worst team he's played for, as I say. Um, but, they're uh, the first worst in my opinion. No, no. Uh, but regardless, I think the Celtics can very much win this series. Obviously, they're up 2-1. Uh, but I do look for Golden State to bounce back. Clay had a nice bounce back performance in game three that he played how he needed to play. I think the only thing really for me that he's been missing from is obviously the defensive end. Um, but I just think he's still trying to find his rhythm and yeah, no, I mean, clay, what clay is doing is admirable no matter what. And it just keep just being out there after everything he went through. Uh, and I think that every season he's played in the last six years, he's been in the finals. Did you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> I mean, true. I think having clay, you know, it, it's, it's, it sucked watching that second game, you know, cause it looked like a shell of himself, but I know that that's, he's working it out. And, and did you hear what he did after game two? Uh, do you jump in the ocean? No, no. So that's what he needs to do. Uh, not a bad idea. Are you I, talking about his breakfast routine? No. So Draymond, oh, that was funny too. Draymond was asked about Clay and, and his performance in Game Two, in between Games Two and Three, and Draymond uh, brought up, I guess, that Clay watches YouTube videos of like Game Six Clay moments whenever he has a bad game. Yeah. To like get him like back. back in the mindset. Yeah, exactly. And Clay, Dray- Clay seems like a pretty like almost um, what do you call it? Superstitious. Not, but not superstitious. No. Like it's more of like Clay's ritual. Very, Clay's very ritualistic, methodical. Yeah, like that. That Su- you know, I think superstitious is the right word. Yeah, hearing him talk about his like morning routine and how he like you know he jumps in a pool to get you know wake up he yeah very routine oriented eats breakfast shout out rocco and then uh and then you know does something that doesn't involve basketball yeah i mean so it's like he seems like he's got a good handle on it and i think that that kind of stuff makes good professionals just being in your your rhythm you know that's that's how you can kind of get back to being you but ultimately i think that i look for the warriors to bounce back um, and, and, and maybe no one wins two in a row in this series. That's you know, very it's possible. Just counter, 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 uh, the way it's rolling out. Um, so this game, I, if the Warriors lose game four, I, I personally think they, they might want to go to the death lineup. Yeah. Okay. So we, Which let, maybe we can counter some of what they got going on. Yeah. So let, let's talk about it because we talked about the matchups last week on the show and, uh, we talked about what starting lineups each team could possibly throw out there. And 
the starting lineups for the first three games have been the exact same for Boston and Golden State. Boston's thrown out Tatum, Horford, Robert Williams III, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. And Golden State's thrown out Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. Yep. And so, yeah, so so Jordan Jordan Poole got some starts uh, during this playoff stretch, but that's because Steph uh, was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, then then when Steph came back, they started the death lineup a couple times. Right, and Steph uh, also came off the bench to kind of transition back into it. Yeah, yeah. But at, once he was done, like once he was done playing sixth man, that was the yes. question. Like, what are we going to do? Like Jordan's right. red hot. We need to keep him in the starting lineup. They go with the they go with the death lineup. Now it was I think it was against. Dallas, maybe, or who'd they play in the second round? In the second round, they played Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Okay, so you know it was. It, I think, it but was that's a little bit different. No, no, and every matchup is different. All, all I'm really saying is, like, if you go down three-one, it would be tough because they would be in Golden State for Game Five. So you don't want to like overthink it, right? And, and Golden State's definitely a team that can come back from three-one. And here's just, my thing: I think that Golden State, they're never really out of it as far as the series goes because i mean we you i think anyone believes they could win three in a row at any given time yeah and listen here's my thing with going to the death lineup and, and all of that clay we don't know what we're going to get from him each night he's he's been inconsistent this entire year since he's come back but that's to be expected your first year coming or your first season coming back after missing how how long he missed i think we'll see a better clay next year once he's gotten oh yeah no that's that's gonna be but aside from that i think the biggest thing for the warriors and especially a reason i think the biggest reason why they lost game three was the fact that draymond green and jordan Poole were completely non-factors no no and it's it's tough because jordan Poole, like what what should we be expecting you know what i mean it's his He's a young player, hasn't been in this moment really with it with these guys. What do you think of he, Jordan Poole? He's the new guy. And so, like, can we really lean on him? You know, like him having a bad game is like, okay, one of the role players didn't one of the role players didn't play well in Boston. But he's played like, you know, uh, he's, he's played like a, a he's superstar the, he's too. Play, he's filled the clay hole at minus the defense. Yeah, yeah. So he's, as a, as he's an played really creator. well and really bad. Uh, you know, Draymond is a different story. You need Draymond. Well, produce. we'll talk about Draymond in a minute. Uh, Jordan Poole, I really like Jordan Poole. I mean, I think he's going to be a nice player for somebody. I One of the hard things about him to fit into a team, like, say, moving forward from Golden State or staying with Golden State is he's a scorer. That's, uh, and so, it, you know, it's tough to – like, everybody's got scores on their team. So, he's kind of – he's in a weird predicament where do I want to be the sixth man for the Splash Brothers? Do I want to go get paid and, and try to be a guy somewhere else? I think he's nice. It's just can we see? We haven't seen him do it consistently yet, which doesn't mean he can't do it. He just hasn't really been given the opportunity. But I think he's a good. I mean, I think he's a really good player. I think uh, he's a good player. But I was I was talking to my buddy Ethan last night as we were we were texting guy, he's back and forth. He's a guy that forth. can get you twenty. You yeah, know? and that's and that's fine. I just something about him rubs me the wrong way. The way he kind of carries himself, it kind of makes me feel like. He kind of thinks he was a part of the three rings that the the Warriors have won over the past eight years, and it's just like, no, dude, you're not at that level yet. Just so, are you Michael Jordan and him being like, you weren't part of these champions? Essentially, Steve, to Steve Kerr and Luke Longley, and essentially, all them boys, yeah, Tony Kukoc. But like, just the way he's carried himself, he plays for the brand, right? And I just think in these playoffs, yes, he's had some great moments, and there's he, the Warriors clearly wouldn't be here without him, but. You're in the NBA Finals now, dude. Like, you got to, like, really 
No, but that's he's a spark plug. You know, I think that he rejuvenated. But he hasn't the, been he, the spark plug. He's they rejuvenating. Need him to be. He's rejuvenating this team. But they can't again. Like going back to my original point with him is like, can we really lean on him too much? Can you like if you get ten points out of him, are you going to be happy? But no, because, you're not. Be, because you've seen he can get twenty. But is that like? Do they need? Do they need twenty out of him? I don't know. I don't think so. So, so his, his. I mean, they do he, need. They do need twenty out of where, him if Clay is going to be being be consistent. But that's different. That's that's more of a Clay thing than a Jordan Poole thing. I think For sure. As the team, yeah, built, I agree with that. Jordan Poole is like, if I get a good game from him, it's a bonus. If I get a ten point game from him, it's like, it's not going to win or lose me the game. Jordan Poole, I don't believe is now. If he goes out in there and misses a shitload of shots, like maybe you can say he's part of the problem, but. Um, I, I just think that he's kind of a bonus role player at this point in time. When he plays well, it's going to be tough to beat Golden State. Uh, but they should be able to win with him not even scoring a point. I'm trying. I'm just trying to pull up his stats for the finals real quick. And I mean, he and and him not playing well in the finals is like the most. I mean, he's not he's not shooting that bad. He's shooting forty point five percent from the field and thirty three point five percent from three. I just three. that's what I mean. I just I don't I don't I don't have the expectation of. Jordan Poole, when Steph and Clay's on the lineup, I kind of try to scale it back. This is a guy that's in his first NBA Finals. It's, it, he's a G League guy. You know, he's he's kind of had humble beginnings, I guess you would say. I think it's just so. The, so this is a big moment for him. And, and so, like one or two bad games out of five or six, that's gonna. I think that that's you know understandable. Yeah. Now, Draymond, what do you what do you think of all the antics so far with Draymond? Because obviously, Game Two was a highly debated. Yeah. game yeah. with the way it was officiated What's and he got 15 fouls and 15 points that's exactly what he has yeah um yeah so draymond i tried to i tried to think about this one what i would say because it's <laughs> tough because he's he's a certain type of guy like he you don't want him not to be draymond right so you want him to. Well, he be, needs to be draymond to be effective he needs to be draymond to be effective i think he does a lot of things that aren't in the stat book but at that same time you know like are you doing too much Right. Is it a little too much or or has he just not has it just not been his game right now? Is the matchup bad? You know, it, it could be a couple of different things as far I don't as like th- I don't the think production. The I don't think the matchup has anything like, to do with it. I think the I just, Celtics match up well with Draymond. I just or don't, he matches up well to the Celtics, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just a it's a weird mix. Like he's guarding Al Horford and Robert Williams, you know, it's it's he's also got he's also guarding Grant Williams. I th- I think he's a better I think he's better, you know, with somebody that's more involved. You know what I'm saying? Like he's really yeah. playing playing help side defense. Um, which is all right. I mean, Draymond's an elite defender in any regards, on ball, off ball, whatever. But I want him to be him, but he needs to be more productive. You know what I mean? Like they he needs to contribute more to like the wins. Right. He, and I, it, I, it just seems like he's playing weird. I think that goes into what you were saying about letting Draymond be Draymond, but when does it become too much? And I think it's become too much to the point where it's affecting his play. Like he doesn't need to light up the box score. No, no, to be he really effective. doesn't need to do anything. I but mean, honestly, even... if he throws up five, five, and five, and he's played thirty-five minutes, I'm okay with that because he probably affected the game in a certain way. Right. But also, he's not. Like he hasn't, it seems maybe, and maybe this is more like, it seems like he hasn't gotten under their skin. You know what I mean? I Which think is they've like, gotten under his skin. Yeah. So that's kind of, maybe that's, you know, the big kind of like, this is the difference between Draymond and, and now and then. Um, 
And this is a big moment, these finals. You know, these guys probably really want it. Well, and listen, you know, let's... like he, he, he sometimes sometimes those kind of players can effort themselves into mistakes. And let's be real here. Last night, the first finals game in Boston in 12 years, the game was at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So the fans had all day. And, and listen, Boston fans, they are no joke. They are top tier sports fans and especially Celtics fans. I mean, as I mean. Good for good and bad. No, I mean, honestly, they're probably the original home court advantage. I mean, this oh. is like when it comes to basketball, they are the Tyler. They depicted it very well. Did in, you see what happened? Time. Did you see what happened in warmups yesterday? What? The Golden State Warriors had to stop warmups yesterday because of the rim. Their oh, hoop, yeah, yeah. Their yeah, hoop yeah. was no. 10 feet, two inches. Hey. Cheating in Boston originated with the Celtics. Red Auerbach, like Bill Belichick wishes he was Red Auerbach. No, the, it, well, there wasn't as many cameras back in the day. <laughs> Definitely not. And it was a tougher game. But, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, Boston is obviously um, – it's a it's a culture over there. It's and it's a and it's a wild one. Oh, I mean, when Draymond fouled out last night, ESPN had to dump the crowd noise from the hot mics when it's, they were chanting "fuck you, Draymond." Yeah, and that's like whatever. And I then mean, Draymond's wife came out today yeah, and like made yeah. a whole big stink about yeah. it. But it's like Draymond when yeah. asked Draymond when he was asked last night post game with his kids sitting next yeah. to him how he played, he was like, "I played like shit." It's like no, and it's fine. Like I don't think Draymond's tripping on Boston saying "fuck you, Draymond." You know what I mean? That's no, but honestly, Clay, pretty good. And, Clay making comments and Draymond's wife making comments about no, it. It's no, no, like, and that's just that's just the competitive nature coming out. I think I, I don't think there's. I mean, Clay's cussed at people before. You know, it's not. It's not like. Listen, I hate that I'm having to defend Boston here, but it's like. No, well, you're defending fans in general. Like, yes, like, we've talked about the line that's being crossed, and if the line's not being crossed, then it's like it's yeah. part of the. The crowd is there to provide like hostility. Almost. Fans are going to say mean, some wild shit, especially in Boston. Yeah, and fuck you, Draymond. To be honest with you, is pretty like that doesn't tame. to that's me that doesn't cross the line. That's like what it is. That's like a, <laughs> you know, that's like Draymond, you suck. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's if it's like fuck you. I, go. I get the whole like curse word thing, but you know, I don't know. It, it, like I get the whole cursing thing, but also I feel like cursing has become more and more like or less and less taboo. You know what I mean? Like, we're just with social media. Dragonfly like, Jones said uh, on Twitter something along the lines of, the chant was probably started by a nine-year-old who smokes Marlboros. Like, it's Boston. Like, Yeah, who's, <laughs> who's the kid on the the, the Pat McAfee show? That Owen? Got him the other day. <laughs> oh, man. yesterday. I mean, the greatest moment. No, nah, Boston's a rough, like, I mean, that's a that's a hostile crowd to go into. You know what Very. I mean? They've been building that culture for decades. Um, and like, like we said, they're kind of the originators of it all. When you come into Boston, you know the announcers, the fans, the coaches, the refs, the rims, they're all against you. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. I mean, it's it's dope. It's dope if you are a Boston fan and it sucks if you're not. Like that's what it and that's what you want. Why do you I think mean, the Lakers Celtics rivalry is so heated? Well, that and, and that's why that's why Boston is what they are, you know, to the basketball world. You know what I mean? They are they are a pillar of of basketball in its history of if the they win the, if they win the series they will have the most championships in nba history yeah and even even if they don't you know it's like they're part of basketball i don't like the celtics but they're, no. they're 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 a huge part of basketball history they created a lot of it and they're they're the reason you know they're part of the reason why it became so popular so for sure now going back to draymond a little bit with with game two being so hotly contested 
there was a moment in the game with Jalen Brown and Draymond Green, and they got all tied up, and there was a little bit of an altercation, and Draymond already had one technical at the time. Yeah. And the refs decided not to give him a second technical, and they went to Steve Javi. I bet in Boston he gets that second technical. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, it's humans roughing humans. But you know Steve, what I mean, Steve, they're putting into they're in their head. They know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, right. And Steve, do ja- I want to throw Draymond out of the finals right now? No, I don't. Right. You know? And Steve Javi basically admitted that live during the, the game. And I mean, a lot of people it, no, were pissed sucks. about no, it. It sucks because you want in a perfect world everybody's ref the same. But that's right. just not the that's just not how it goes. Yeah, it's a product. You know, you can't. And so they're gonna be. You're going to be more lenient on superstars when it comes to stuff like that, especially guys like Draymond. Yeah. Now, Steph Curry, he's probably having the best NBA finals of his career so far. The only problem is he's down in the series, and a lot of people are talking about the fact that he's 2-9 and nine in his last 11 NBA finals games without Kevin Durant. And it's pretty unfair, but I get it. Yeah, but that's obviously the talking point. Um but because when he was playing with them, with he when he was playing with the second string boys against Toronto with no, no KD, no Clay, that's some of the best Steph Curry basketball I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, he had he was trying to do it all. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean he's really been trying to do it all in this series too. Yeah, no, I, I you know Steve Kerr's done a good job at halftime, which is is a classic Golden State move. Yeah, so you know we just need. Draymond to be Draymond, he needs to go out there, you know, and do what he does. Uh, if you get anything from Clay or Jordan Poole, I think that's a that's a that's an extra bonus, and and you need stuff to play well. Yeah. Now, one thing I've been really impressed with. It'd be nice if Wiggins could win you a game one time. That'd be know? nice. It, it, I think Wiggins has got the ability to win a game in the NBA Finals. I mean, he throws up a twenty-four. 24 26 point game and he plays well on Tatum that that'll win them a game Kevon Looney also has been huge for them in he's the a, finals no as well. he's a great piece and, and Looney doesn't get enough credit because because of the team he plays on but he does things on that team that nobody else does he's so smart so he's extremely well he's just extremely important to them because they he's don't, always they he's don't always have, in the right place in the right time they don't have another one no. You know what I mean? Well, they Wiseman should be but they're not using they, him because he's been hurt all year they don't have another one so I think what what Looney, you know, he just brings he he brings an entire skill set that they don't have anywhere else on the on their roster. So um, Looney's Looney's big time. He's and he's been a. I think you know guys like Looney and Wiggins have done their job. Yeah, Curry's done their done his job. Yeah, Draymond may probably you know no. maybe underperforming. Yes, Clay is. I don't. I think compared to the expectations, he's done all right outside of game two. And then pool, we we spoke about pool. Like, how much yeah. do you really want to lean on him? What do you think is going to happen the rest of the way? I think that w- the Warriors are gonna they're gonna bounce back when win game four. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight, which is which I think is is doesn't really help either team. Uh, doesn't give either team the advantage. I think that's just what the game's gonna be like. We're gonna go to game five in Golden State. Um, that game. You know, if if it's game two, five's two, in a series is always pivotal. Yeah, if it's two two game five, that's going to be an amazing basketball game. But I I really do I I like Golden State to win two more, two more in a row. See if we can get the first back to back dubs. I really hope so. Um, and then ultimately, I still like the Warriors in six. I think that they can. I think they can rattle off three in a row. But 
like game one, it, it's just it's a do, it's a domino effect. Like they have to win game four, or else everything I said is just complete bullshit. Yeah, know? it's it's crazy. That's, to how, me. that's how dynamics change in series. That's why it's such a it's such a fun thing to watch because, like winning, it's not just winning four games. Like you you know, game one provides this certain dynamic, and then they swung it around. You know, and then now now every now everything that the Warriors were thinking is is different, so they need to adapt, and then they win and now boston's adapting you know so it's a forever molding kind of kind of deal celtics could win two more the warriors could win three in a row the celtics could go easily one, come one, out. one 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 you know the it, celtics could easily come out and win game four tomorrow but as far as the game right in front of us i think that the i think the warriors are going to win a dog fight yeah i agree i just it's killing me maybe maybe curry tries to do some you know i, I would love to see curry just try to get 50 you know, that'd just, be crazy. Just go, just because of like, do we want to lean on Jordan Poole? Can I expect big numbers out of Clay unless it's an open shot? Fuck it, I'm gonna do this. You know. Yeah. And for me, it's his legacy more than any of those guys. Yeah. You for know, sure. I think Clay and Draymond have completely tapped out their potential as a as a basketball player and done more with their basketball careers than anybody saw coming. Yeah. I would, um, I would they're agree always going to be spoken about but curry still has for some stupid reason you know he has things to prove still because of where he's at in the ladder of greatness he's so high up there yeah there's like, still they, things that are left they, unchecked well, well and it's just like once you get so high up there and you're talking about the great guards you know the steve nash jason kidd john stockton isaiah thomas all all the great guards like it's your, you know, it's small differences at the top. So any anything that he can add to the to the trophy room is gonna is gonna keep bumping him up. Yeah, for me, I just he doesn't have anything to prove in my mind. No, but no, but I think in his mind, you know, you just keep championships. Let's stack up with with Kobe and Mike. You know what I mean? Those yeah. are he's chasing legends. No, I mean this. If if the Warriors win the series, he's tied with LeBron in rings. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he's chasing he's chasing goats. Yeah. Now, I just, as I'm watching this finals as a completely impartial party, because I, well, not technically impartial. I, I have a rooting interest and it's, I'm rooting for the Celtics to lose. I'm not really rooting for the Warriors to win. It's, it's, I'm rooting for the Celtics to lose because that's what you do as a Laker fan. You can root for the Warriors to win. I don't have a problem with the Warriors. Like they're, they're not really like, I like, I think at, at this point, like this is this is like the easier ones to like you know what I mean like they're not in the middle of their heyday anymore it's like but still either way as a Laker fan you can't root for the Celtics yeah exactly so fucking root for the Warriors what are we no I'm just about rooting here? for I'm rooting for the Celtics to lose and if, if and and what happens if the Celtics lose then it's the Warriors win I mean yeah they the the Warriors win but more importantly the Celtics lose yeah I I I don't I don't disagree that it's it's more important the Celtics lose than the Warriors win, but <laughs> we're rooting for the Warriors here, right? I'm rooting for the Celtics to lose, but it's just, for me, it's been killing me to watch the Celtics keep up with the Warriors the way that they have because, I mean, yes, we gave them their respect, uh, the Celtics their respect last week uh, when we were talking about the prediction of how many games we thought this series would go because we didn't think it was going to be a sweep, but I said it was probably going to be five, but maybe six. Now I think it's definitely going seven, and I mean that's all credit to the Celtics because I thought they were basically going to be dead in the water in this series after how physical of a series they went through with the Heat and the Warriors had all of this time to rest. So 
No, this, this this Boston team adapted a tough guy mentality along this way. I mean, Horford, Horford's, Horford, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams, I think, are a big part of that. Yeah. Superstars like Jason Tatum and Jordan Grant Williams, Brown too, I think, is, to be, is kind of. Oh, yeah. No, he's in that mold, too. I'm just just speaking about the big dogs. Um, no, I feel you. You know that they, they've they've kind of taken on that that mentality, and and it and it works for them. I mean they're they're a scary group. I did not I did not want this one. I did not want them winning this because I don't want to see no. them gain that momentum of of a young core of guys winning championships because they're tough. I mean they're fucking tough. And like they're deep. They're they're all Celtics. You know what I mean? They're yeah. all they're, we we say it all the time. Built the hard way. Yeah. And listen, as as much as as fans and people like to banter back and forth and, and try and discredit people's championship runs, especially over the last few years with how seasons have gone, you can't discredit the Celtics' path to to the NBA Finals this year. They went through all of the big dogs. Yeah, and I, they... I kind of get it, it's it's kind of annoying seeing like memes talking about. No, I agree. Talking about oh, he beat six Hall of Famer or six first bout Hall of Famers you know on this playoff run it's like well dude if you go to the nba finals you beat a bunch of good motherfuckers like right that's that's how it goes you know it's still it's impressive but it's just like okay but look, we're not going to do this with every single superstar in every single nba finals right because they all just you, the classic you one there's like there's no just like there's no just like skip skip to the nba finals you know what i mean yeah the classic one was always the during the kobe mj debate was kobe beat more 50 win teams than anybody in the playoffs yeah which which is good i mean that western conference that western conference was tough and michael jordan played in the expansion era it's one of the few knocks that that, right. that michael has on on everything but he covered his bases by dominating right you know exactly he, he, he did what he was supposed to do if he played in that era right know? um real quick before uh we move on i just wanted to mention that um in game three and this kind of goes along with what we were talking about with the the Celtic success and what they need from their main guys. The fact that Tatum, Brown, and Smart, they each had 20-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists. They're the fourth trio of teammates to ever do that in an NBA Finals game. Uh, Kareem, Magic, and Michael Cooper did it in 85. Bill Russell, John Havlicek, and Larry Siegfried did it in 1968. And Bill Russell, John Havlicek, and Sam Jones were the first to do it in 1966. So three out of those four trios are Celtics. And one thing I've always criticized the Celtics for was their lack of like a true point guard. But when they have Marcus Smart putting up 20 plus points, five plus rebounds, five plus assists, they don't need that true point guard. No, they got the right point guard. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think again, you know, they got the right guy, the, the Derek Fisher, the Ron Harper. It's the guy that works well with with, you know, if your point guard's not one of your stars, you need him to compliment your stars. And Marcus Smart compliments those guys perfectly. Oh, he fills so many holes so, that you know that, and he makes up for so many of the gaps that that Tatum and Brown yeah. leave. And, the, and there, there aren't really that many gaps from those two guys, but Marcus I, Smart fills those perfectly. No, and I truly think that you know that's the company that he belongs in. Even though I think that. He's a little bit better offensively than say say a Ron Harper, Derek Fisher, but also you know it's hard to tell with the inflated stats of the style of play nowadays. Like, and also you got to think about the clutch moments that Ron Harper and, and well, Derek he, Fisher have just, had. Well, he's just getting there. You know what I mean? True. He's just getting there. He's he's young, but that's I 
I mean, I I just think that's the company he's in. That's a good company to be in. I mean, no, those are both those are two way those are two way guys. Those are hard nosed guys, and those are guys like you said. And when shit mattered, they were on the court. I mean, what Ron Harper's got four rings and uh, did Ron Harper win one without the Bulls? Yeah, he was on. He was part of the Lakers three peat. He was oh, one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's got four rings, and then Fisher's, Fisher's got, got five. five. Yeah, I mean that's. The, and, and and they're not flat. Those are not like you know. These are not the guys that you always hear about. Uh, but you fucking know about those teams they were on. Definitely. So, so I mean, listen, the NBA Finals. I mean, we've talked about the NBA playoffs kind of being a dud this year with with all the blowouts. And I I even mentioned how there have been blowouts yeah. in the NBA Finals, but the, it's been some pretty competitive basketball. I think. No, the 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 finals has been good. Like, yeah, there was a kind of a, there was a little bit of a lull in the second game, but uh, you know, and in the in last night, and, and last night, but there there were pushes in both games. You know, I mean, the game two, the, they were it was only a two point game at half. Yeah, and and then you know, game game three, Warriors made it interesting coming out the gates of of halftime, which they always do. So it's been a great NBA Finals. I would love to see it go. One 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 all the way to seven. You know what I mean. I think I think we are going to see a seventh game in this series. I don't. It, it would be interesting to to look it up. I think it would take a sec, but it'd be interesting to see if there had ever been a, a game seven where n- no team had won two in a row. I don't believe. I mean, it would probably do a little no. bit a little bit of digging, but I was going to say I don't like, believe the Lakers. That's got to be that's got to be extremely rare. I mean, to just go tick for tack, tick for tack. Um. So it's it's I think it has been a great NBA Finals and it's going to continue to be one. Hold on, I think if I'm mis I think I'm mistaken, but uh, the 2010 Lakers Celtics Lakers Celtics. Oh yeah, no, Celtics won games I, I four and believe, five. I gotta believe it's extremely rare if yeah. it's ever happened. Definitely extremely rare. Just just you know that's that's pretty incredible competition. Yep. But all right, Tyler, we got uh, some hometown headlines uh, from the NFL to talk about that have to do with some major money being uh, given out. So let's talk about it. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson toward the end zone. San Francisco is heading home. The Rams are staying home to play in Super Bowl 56. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. Man, it was nice hearing that uh, football intro. We haven't heard it in a, in a while. In a minute. <laughs> uh, so, Tyler, we got some offseason NFL hometown headlines to talk about. First, we'll start with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. What's been going on with DK Metcalf, Tyler? Uh, I think it's just trying to restructure, essentially, like if you're, if he's going to be here. Yeah, so he's been holding out. I think that he's he sees that he's the franchise player right now. So you got to you got to strike while the iron's hot. He's he spoke about wanting to be in Seattle, but everybody kind of says that, you know, just, just the right thing to say. Uh but I mean, I th- I just I'm confident that we'll we'll get that one done it seems like. I think um it just doesn't seem like uh like we'll, I mean, I just feel like we have the we have the salary to pay him right now. 
I think you hit the nail on the head with him trying to strike while the iron is hot because we've seen so many big name wide receivers get moved around this offseason and then sign new extensions wherever they just got traded to and they got some pretty big money. Because um, my- ultimately, if he gets paid, he can then, like, if he ever wants to leave, he can request a trade. Yeah. So, that- like, I think he wants to get paid more than he wants to leave. The- okay. So, that that's my thinking or, or – that's where I'm kind of trying to figure out where DK's head at is because signing long-term in Seattle, obviously you don't know what the quarterback situation is right now. So that's very much a question mark. Well, you do know what the quarterback situation is and it's a question mark. (laughs) Touche. Which is not, not what you want. Yeah. That's, that's not what you want if you're, you're looking for a long-term contract. So I think obviously DK is going to have some questions for the front office about what the plan is. But like you said, I think in today's NFL, he could sign a long-term deal and then essentially just ask for a trade. Especially, well, I mean, I think that he, you know, he knows that he can get the money, so you might as well get it while you can. And you can figure it out from there. And also, I think it's a good sign that it's like it's about a contract and not like being unhappy, wanting to be traded. You know what I mean? It, it's he could well, easy, that could lead to he could easily ask to be traded. You know what I mean? Instead so, of looking for an extension, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. So uh, he's a lot easier to move before he's paid. So. um yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I obviously I don't know what's going on in DK's head, but I mean, I follow the guy pretty closely. He seems like he enjoys being a Seahawk, um, and and I think that we have we offer him the. We're, he's our franchise player right now, so I think that this is a good time for him to get paid by us, and then you know, figure it out if we're good. If we come out the gates and we're playing all right and everything's good, then it's all good. But if it doesn't, you can always just request a trade. Yeah. Now, with the Rams, over a 48-hour span, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup both reached new extensions with the Rams. First, uh, Aaron Donald, he signed a three-year, $95 million extension, which includes a $25 million signing bonus, which will keep him with the Rams for at least the next five seasons. All $95 million is guaranteed. $65 $65 million guaranteed in the first two years. Uh, it's a $40 million raise for Aaron Donald, and he's the first non-quarterback to make at least $30 million per season. Um, it's reportedly been structured for him to possibly retire or return after the 2024 season. So that's this season, then next season. So two seasons from now. Um, and the extension does have a no trade clause. Um Obviously, I think with the way it was reported in ESPN saying that he could possibly have an out after 2024, that just shows how very much the retirement possibility was like a real thing this offseason. And I think that really put things in a lot of or put things in perspective for a lot of Rams fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he said the right things. Who knows if he was ever really taking it serious? I mean, two years from now, he'll be what, 33? 32 32 so it's you know that's that is a little more believable this one seemed like i need to get paid or i'm i'm walking and i honestly i don't blame him and he said he felt yeah. fine if he were to walk away without getting the money if you look at his accolades it's a clear hall no, of yeah. fame career yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah well he had like he had the he had the resume to back up the comment like i don't need football for sure do i believe it no I think that he was always wanting to come back it was just to get that money right and two years from now is probably more the realistic window of when he was really pondering it like and maybe i got a year or two left in me you know and realistically i think two years from now is probably the same window as matthew stafford 
No, oh yeah, all that kind of stuff is definitely thought out. Yeah, but listen, a three-year, ninety-five million dollar extension, a forty million dollar raise yep. for the greatest defensive player of this generation, if not of all time, if not the greatest football player of all time, it's it's Go well off. deserved. Yeah, I mean, I could keep going if you want me no, to. No, no, no. <laughs> what? You said what you needed to say. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy for him. He's very he's very deserving. Um, it's a tough. It, th- that would have been a tough it would have been tough either way it would have been tough to let him go and and it's a lot of money to give to him but he he deserves it um would i've spent that money i don't know but i'm not i'm not the owner of the Rams, so yeah uh it's easier for me to say i personally think that like i would rather get 15 good football players for that price uh especially at his position which is no knock to aaron donald i think that i think i said in the group chat the rams overspending and Aaron Donald getting what he deserves are not mutually exclusive. Correct. Yeah, you know, that's exactly I, what you said in the I, group I, chat. I think that, that both of those things can be true. And and it could it could win him another Super Bowl. So it's like it, this is all kind of trying to predict the future. Um, but, you know, it, if it was any other team, you know what I mean, I would – and it was, it was somebody else, like I would be – this is what I would be saying. I'd be like, that's a lot of money for a defensive lineman. Oh, for sure. Um, it's, it's a lot – I think that there's guys that can do what he – does not as well um like say like say he's he's a 10 i think that you can get a seven for just a fraction of the cost right if you got if you you got four sevens on the line you're probably in pretty decent shape so you know but but also that's you know that kind of comes from to like you think that he's gonna like he could perform for the money you know what i mean he's that good so yeah and listen i really don't know what i'm talking about i'm just saying that like (laughs) if i was if I was a GM, I would like to have that money to build build the roster. I mean, you can afford 15 football players, decent football players for that much. Yeah. Now, moving on to Cooper Cup, uh, just yesterday, uh, I believe it was yesterday, uh, he agreed to a three-year $78.5 million extension, $75 million guaranteed. He'll make an average of $26.17 million per year. This deal will also keep uh, Cooper Cup with the Is Rams. He like the third highest receiver now? I believe so. He's up there for sure. I was behind Devontae and Tyreek, but that's like, it's got to be it. Yeah. Um, but this deal, like uh, Aaron's deal, will also keep him with the Rams for the next five years. And over the next five years, uh, Cooper Cup could make possibly up to $110 million. Um, this is this is another one of those guys that deserves it. Uh, he had the most, the the best statistical receiving season ever, and I think that I think really what we're seeing here is a is a um, an investment on Matt Stafford. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know if all these go down the same way if they don't have, if they have Jared Goff. Um, so <laughs> no, I know, don't. Again, I, again, like Cooper Cup is an amazing football player and he deserves the money, but that is a lot of money for a wide receiver, and. and Again, we're talking, you know, 10 football players for the price of Cooper Cup. But you got to spend the money somewhere. Well, speaking of and spending. He's a, and he's a guy they drafted. I mean, this is he, like both these guys deserve the money. Like, both of no, these guys were drafted by the Rams. Like, like no doubt about it. Do both these guys deserve the money? It's just that is a lot of money for two positions that, you know, are dependent positions. Yeah. Well, it's been a busy offseason for the Rams, as uh, Field Yates uh, tweeted yesterday. Uh, this, just this offseason alone, 
Matt Stafford agreed to a four-year, $160 million extension. Cooper Cup, five years, 110. Aaron Donald, three years, 95. Bobby Wagner signed with the team for five years, 50. But I think there's some voidable years on the back end of that. Uh, so that's not really as That's a as good much. price. That's like, that's what it is. You know, that, yeah. that's like. That's what I'm saying. That's a normal like price range. And then Allen Robinson, three years, forty six and a half million dollars. Yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 fine though. I mean, those are that's you gotta spend the money somewhere. It's just you you hope that you hope that you can find some talent and depth in all those other positions for a for a decent rate. But what helps you find players at a decent rate is signing superstars like that. So people want to play next to them. Well, and listen, you you said this isn't your money and you're not the Rams owner and all of that. And it's just like money doesn't matter to Stan Kroenke. He owns nine no, no. professional sports teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's whatever. I mean, there's, there's a hard cap. It's, it's, you know, no, but I mean? the salary so, cap doesn't exist because of accounting and everything. It, Andrew no, Brandt was on Pat McAfee show no, yesterday you, and he asked can, him. You can fudge around. It. I'm just saying like, it's not like they can just like, they're not doing something that other people can't do, you know? Like, no, there's it, a loophole not, in the system. It's, it's not the Yankees, you know what I mean? No, there's there's a complete loophole in the system where it allows teams to add these voidable years on the back end of contracts where there's no guaranteed money associated with yeah, whatever yeah. the deal is. Yeah, but, and, I mean, there's still, a soft, there's still a soft and hard salary cap where they go into the luxury tax, but that just doesn't matter. No, like I said, Stan Kroenke owns nine sports teams. He's got the money. Yeah, and 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 you're gonna you're gonna make it back. Yeah, and and it still doesn't win you football games. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like you still got to win those games. It, and football more than any, just because with the the one game playoff structure, you know, and how mean? little amount of games there are in the regular season too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they just added one. Yeah, which is yeah, whatever. But anyway, speaking of money, real quick, the last thing uh, we're gonna talk about tonight. Uh, the Broncos, they reportedly have been sold for $4.65 billion to Rob Walton. He uh, is a direct heir to the Walmart fortune. Uh, his dad uh, is one of the founders of Walmart, uh, and he's also the cousin of Stan Kroenke's wife and Walton Kroenke, who— We're talking old money here. Yeah. So Real money. So Rob Walton's dad and Ann Walton's dad— were brothers, so they're cousins. So this is Stan Kroenke's cousin by marriage. Um, the sale still needs to technically be approved by the owners' committee, and they need 24 yeses for it to become official. But I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't happen. This, once it becomes official, will be the largest official sale of an American sports franchise, um, which I, is going to continue to happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, the prices because people are like i think now you're realizing the investment is just you get that return so quickly when with revenue sharing and if you're if you're in a market and if you're a team like Denver and you got a shot at winning a Super Bowl it's like you're making so much money if the Denver Broncos are worth 4.65 billion dollars what are the Lakers worth? Like I remember saying that when the Clippers sold for two billion dollars no, to Steve Ballmer. Well, that's that's what I mean. It's like it's impossible to tell right now just because of how the market's like fluctuating so quickly and like rising so quickly that it's worth what someone's going to pay. Oh yeah. And and someone's going to pay big time money. Every time I see a list of like the most valuable uh franchises, I'm always like there's no way that they're the Knicks are worth 5 billion and the Broncos sell for 4.65. It's just it just doesn't make sense. I know that those brands are wor worth more than well, that. Well, listen it's to just, this. It's just hard to predict, you know what I mean? It's like it, it, like 
you know, the difference between five and ten billion is five billion fucking dollars, right? <laughs> That's a like, big gap. But but the like if the Lakers if the Lakers were up for sale for ten billion dollars, you bet there's there's a capitalist group getting together and getting that 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 team. Yeah, but I mean, listen to this. So Pat Bolin, who passed away in 2019, he's the former owner of the the Broncos. He bought the Broncos in 1984 for seventy eight million dollars. And his estate now is going to be getting four point six five billion dollars. Yeah. Anybody that bought a pro sports teams before the nineties is making unreal amount of money on their investment. Yeah. So just I mean, it's it's very interesting to see the trend of where the yeah. business of sports is going. So we're 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 getting out of here. Yeah, so pretty much. We'll, 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 I'll package my shout-out and with this conversation. with. Well, hold on real quick. I just wanted to mention oh, one yeah. more thing yep. about yep. Rob Walton. Let's, let's hit it. So The Waltons, baby. Walmart. Because <laughs> when Sam Walton died, he broke up his like family trust. And it went like, to the kids. It went to like six people. And like all six people are like in the top 15 wealthiest people in the world. The Walton family net worth reportedly is like $59 billion. For a long time, they were the most, they were like the richest people in the country. Yeah, it was like them, Gates. Even over like, it's when they broke up that they kind of went down in the rankings a little bit. Yeah. But now, so with this. But they should be in the same breath as Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Oh, I mean, Walmart was Amazon before Amazon. Yeah, they were the they were the they were the physical like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Amazon essentially jacked their their business model and made it made it into e commerce. You know, turned it into an e, e you know an e, Jesus can't talk <laughs> turned it into a dot com you know model. Yeah, an e commerce business. Yeah, um, but so when the sale becomes official, that'll mean that either Rob Walton or Stan Kroenke and Stan Kroenke's wife own five of the six major professional sports franchises in the state of Colorado. Kroenke owns the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, which is the uh, soccer team, and the Colorado Mammoth, which is the professional lacrosse team, and then Rob Walton will own the Denver Broncos. Yep. But I mean, I don't I wouldn't necessarily put those like this is just rich people marrying rich people. The Kroenkes are one, Waltons are the other. They did get married because they're they're the only ones that are like in the room together. But anyway, all right, let's let's no, get out so, of here, Tyler. So LeBron, you know, shout out to LeBron. He's talking about ownership today. Well, the clip came out today. Um, what 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 show did you say it was on? It was on it was the on, room. No, it was on his show, The Shop. Okay, so it was on the Shop talking to Mav Carter, uh, and and LeBron says he wants to own a team, which is not a surprise. Everybody, I think everybody knew that that's where LeBron was going to ultimately go. You know that's the way Jordan win it, uh, but he said he wants to he wants to own it he wants to like own a new team, and and he specifically said I want a team in Vegas. So ooh, um, he just he shout out LeBron just became a billionaire. Uh, Forbes just released he's the first active athlete to be worth a billion dollars. Crazy. Um, he wants to buy a team in Vegas, and why why I why I love that is because LeBron's going to get a team in Vegas. That's how it's going to go. If he wants a team in Vegas, and it's the NBA, it's LeBron's league. Like Jesus. he's going to get a team in Vegas, and that's going to bring a team to Seattle. So ultimately, I think that him wanting Ve- him wanting to put a team in Vegas is going to up the up the timeline. Adam Silver hears that. You know what I mean? I want to get that going. And and when they expand, I expect them to expand two teams. You know, I don't I don't see them going to a thirty one team league. No. Um, I would, I would, I would expect them to, to go two and 
Seattle for sure is on the list ahead of Vegas. So it's like if we get Vegas, we're gonna get Seattle, and it's gonna be a wrap. So I, I'm I'm happy LeBron's pushing pushing this because I think that it ultimately helps getting a team back in Seattle. Yeah, definitely. LeBron right. pushes the envelope like nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i'm actually gonna pull an audible and add a second shout out real quick first uh this is the add-on because it was just showing uh, on the sports center highlights um max muncie made his return to the dodgers lineup today after a, a stint on the injured list and and a rehab assignment uh in triple a oklahoma city but he during the dodgers game today they were up seven to five and they're in chicago tony la Russa is the manager of the White Sox and Trey Turner's up to bat uh, with a one-two count with Max Muncy on deck. Max Muncy has not been playing well at all this year. Uh, he's been dealing with elbow problems since last season, so it just hasn't been an ideal season for Muncy. Obviously, the the IL stent and and the rehab assignment in AAA was a clear sign of that. So Tony Larusa with a one-two count, one balls, two strikes to Trey Turner decides to actually intentionally walk Trey Turner in the middle of the at-bat so he can bring up Max Muncy. Uh, and now there's two men on base for Max Muncy. <laughs> and he launched a three-run home run. And as he crossed home plate, you could basically see the close-up of him and, and read his lips. He was like, that, he was basically like, that's what you get for walking him on one, two, you fucking bitch, or yeah. something like that. It was just, it's like, all right. Baseball needs that. He was like, all right, Mad Max is back. We love it. Um, so, all right, shout out Max Muncy. Um, and then unfortunately on a, on a more somber note to, to end, uh, I got a shout out, uh, my dog, Bella, she unfortunately passed away a week ago tomorrow, uh, which would be Friday. If you're, you're listening to this tonight on Thursday or, um, a week ago today, if you're listening on Friday, uh, she was the best dog in the world. She was a little Yorkie. Uh, she would go up to anybody. Yeah. And just roll over uh, at your feet and just wait for you to rubber belly. She she had <laughs> she had a go to move for sure. Yeah. She had the Dirk fadeaway in her bag. <laughs> that's exactly a, sing a signature move. That's exactly what it was. Um, we think. And she, how old was she? Yeah, we think she was about thirteen years old. We had her for the last ten years. Pretty good life. Yeah, no, she lived a very good life. And what? It's the dog years, like seven years. Yeah, so she, it was probably like ninety years. Yeah, she not, lived a she lived a hell of a life. Not too bad, not too bad. Um, but yeah, she passed away Friday morning, June third, and I mean, it's it's crazy how quiet the house is now. She was she wasn't like really that much of a barker, but just like you don't really notice someone no. someone or some yeah. a, a pet's presence until they're gone. And no, it's just for like, sure, it's it's a weird thing because they're part of a family, you know. So uh, I I had like a cat my whole life like the same cat you know from like when i was a baby before yeah. i remember to and and he passed away like when i was 17 18 years old you know yeah. so and that was it was super weird yeah so just wanted to shout out bella rest in peace hell bella yeah. hell yeah enjoy she, enjoy doggy hit, heaven she's hitting the dirk fadeaway somewhere <laughs> so all right with that that wraps up episode 249 of the tsk show for tyler pacholke i'm eric the duke of sports scholar be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Peace.